I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My thoughts today follow the reading in Jeremiah, which picks up from last week. Um, It skips a few chapters, of course, but the themes pick up from last week. Last week, we heard Jeremiah lamenting that Israel had traded fountains of living water, which they used to have, for cracked cisterns that held no water. And so they had abandoned their faithfulness for their own devices and their greed and their, uh, their quarrelsomeness, and they were starting to reap the harvest of what they had sown, and Jeremiah was seeing the destruction of Israel coming and telling them that it was related to the fact that they had abandoned God who is their savior. And so we skip a few chapters, and here you have this image of the potter and the clay. Now, when I first encountered this image of potter and clay, I was a teenager um, coming to church in the teen youth movement of the day, and I encountered it through a song. And the song went, Abba, Abba, Father, you are the potter, we are the clay. And it was so sweet and lovely. And of course, I was 15, and I really wish they would play it faster because it was, Abba, oh, can we get to the next note, please? Now, I, I'm older now, I get it. It's about prayer, not entertainment. I get it. But the, the, the feeling of that song was that God holds us in his hand and he's shaping us into what he intends us to be and it's just so wonderful. But when you encounter it in Jeremiah, as the kids would say, it's a little danker in its original version because Jeremiah's use of the image is to say Israel is like the pot that's being molded and if it's not working out, God's going to change it and make it into something different. So, If you don't want that to happen, smarten up. That's Jeremiah's message. God is the potter, we are the clay, which means if if we're not working out, God will do something else with us and maybe to us. So the image is, of course, if a nation, if God says, I'm going to destroy that nation, and they turn around and repent, God will say, no, good job on you. I will have you flourish. And conversely, if a nation is doing well, and I've been blessing you, and you turn away from me, then I can change my mind, and I can destroy you. That's the image of the potter and the clay. So it's a, it's a cautionary note. It's not a loving embrace. And that loving embrace really comes to us when we, when we read the psalm. So the lectionary framers also picked up that nuance of the, the song uh, when they attached the psalm to that Old Testament reading. Um, whereas where I'm going and where I think Jeremiah was going is interpreting it through the lens of the gospel. So instead of interpreting Jeremiah through the lens of the psalm, I'd like to interpret it through the lens of the gospel, which says there's going to be sacrifice. That, you know, all of you are following along merrily, but have you really counted the cost? Do you really understand what this journey of salvation is about? And so for Jeremiah, there are two points of application for me in the contemporary world of this cautionary note of if it's not working out, God can change God's mind and do something different. The first is our political and environmental realities. Uh, We are reaping the harvest. I touched on this a little bit last week. We are reaping the harvest of what we've sown. Um, I Certainly in my own reflections on the death of Christendom, 
Um, I think that Christendom has a great deal of responsibility for the, the Western world turning away from us. I think that's on us to a large degree. Um, however, the Western world didn't turn away to something better. It turned away to something worse. So, um, so the, 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 the rampant secularism, we are reaping the harvest of what we have sown. And Jeremiah's warning, of course, is... Um, is very applicable. That, e that, that the good news at the end of Jeremiah's pericope here is even now, God can change his mind back. It is never too late. There are always consequences to choices, but it is never too late. And so as we think about the contemporary uh, situation of the Western world, we take Jeremiah's words to heart and we say, yes, we are reaping the harvest of what we have sown. We need to turn back and it's never too late to do so. And I leave that almost as a sidebar because there's even more energy in my own thinking when it comes to the church as institution. Because I think Jeremiah's warning is equally uh, potent in our context as a church. And um, many of you uh, are, are um, connected to the church um, in some ways, but you don't live in it like I do. So I, unfortunately, I know how the sausage is made and it's not always pretty or fun. And any clergy person can tell you, any lifetime volunteer can tell you that, that the, the actual energies that go into church community are often a little, fall a little short of what our ideals might call us to. And certainly in this death of Christendom context where the church is in, in serious decline, um, I would probably say irrevocable decline, except for Jeremiah saying it's never too late. Um, but in that period, what are the things that we actually cling on to? Uh, do we cling on to the, the message of salvation through transformation and dying to the old self and rising to the new, the heart of the gospel? Well, no, we cling to the forms and institutions. We cling to the way it used to be, to our memories and our nostalgia. And, uh, and I, I say this in full awareness that we've been fundraising for three years to preserve our hall. I get it, I get it. We're going to need some infrastructure in the church, but when you look at all the infrastructure that the Anglican Church has around Canada, just to start, um, and say, is, is preserving that the purpose of the church? Obviously not. The purpose of the church is the transformation of human lives. That's what it's supposed to be about. And yet our energies always go first into the preservation. And so Jeremiah's words are to us to say, are you, are, are, you, uh, are you on the potter's wheel? What are you becoming? And is God about to change God's mind or not? So my, my final point in these reflections is that that potter's wheel image, which is so challenging, um, is also an image that's, that strikes me in terms of the contemporary church because I think we're in the process of being remolded by God into something new. We are already in that process. God has already said that church has not been working out. It was good while it lasted, but now we need something new. We don't know what the new shape is going to look like, but it will be something very different. 
So for me, that potter's wheel image and the challenge for me, particularly in light of the gospel, which says that we have to count the cost, see, you know, uh, be prepared for the sacrifices that in, are is involved in the transformation. The, the, the challenge for me is in trying to discern what God is doing already in the reshaping of who we are as a community. Um, I have some hunches some instincts. I won't proclaim them to you from the pulpit as if they were the word of God because my guess at some level is as good as yours. Um, what I want to pitch to you is the, uh, the imperative to seek the question of what God is already doing in the reshaping. And so the places where I look, I, I look where the energy is in the community, I also look at where the energy is in the culture, and particularly in millennial culture. My use of the word dank is a little uh, homage to that. The Christianity is seen as toxic amongst millennials, and for good reason. There is the word of the Lord in that for us. And whatever it is we must become, we must become the thing that captures the heart of what God has done in and through us and, and puts that in a form that can continue God's transforming and saving work in the world. And that's why it needs to look different because this presentation doesn't work. And I don't know what the new presentation is going to look like. This presentation works great for me. And partly my job is to preserve this and remember the, 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 the Holy Spirit that is present in and through who we are and what we do. And yet at the same time, that image of the potter remolding the clay forces me to say, what else is going on? What are we moving towards? And what might we be called to let go of in order to move into that new shape that God is creating. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.